Welcome to the LU Moment, where we showcase all the great events, activities, programs, and people right here at Lamar University. I'm Shelby Rodriguez, Public Affairs Manager here at LU, and guess what? I want to welcome you back to this week's show, right? All right, listen, guys, I want to talk about two particular Cardinals, two um, recent LU alums that have graduated with their master's in speech-language pathology, and as soon as they graduated, guys, it seems like they kind of took off and took the internet by storm, right? Um, the, <laughs> I'm talking about Kiara and Tiara Watson-Love. Um, these two cards graduated with their masters and became a part of 3% of people of color within their field. And since then, they've been featured on um, lots of media outlets, including Afrotech, Yahoo, I mean, you name it, Black News. It's been insane. And so guess what? You know it. I got them here with me in the station. So <laughs> ladies, I want to welcome you on the LU Moment with me this week. Thank you for thank, having us, Shelby. Thank you. <laughs> um, so let's talk about this. Once you graduated, you were approached by media outlets. And you, how did that even feel? <laughs> did you know you were becoming a part of history when you graduated? No, we just thought we were graduating. We were going to move on like everybody else <laughs> yeah, and get we, a job, you know, like adults. <laughs> we didn't think about it too much because we, we were just in the moment. We're not really yeah. focusing on like, mm -hmm. oh, this is like a big we made history. We didn't think about it like yeah. that. And then our um, parents were like, um, somebody I mean, mentioned uh, y'all, mentioned they want to do an interview, not an interview, but like a news article with y'all. Yeah. They make a story. And they were like, so make sure you do your bio and stuff and like get all that done and send that <laughs> to them. I was like, what? <laughs> well, like, yeah, sure, we'll get it done. But we're not thinking about like, oh, they want to get like our experience. Yeah. Like, cause this is a big thing. Like, we're not even thinking about that. We're yeah. just going with the motions because we're just so, we were so used to like, okay, you got to like with, you know, your routine task because it's yeah. so mundane. You already got into the room. You're like, look, I got the degree. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so take us back to the very beginning. Where are you ladies from? So we're from Houston, the Fifth Ward area um, yeah. on Lockwood. So, yeah, yeah we were, we're from that area. We were born and raised in Houston, in that area. Um, our grandmother actually raised us the first half of our lives. While yeah. our, parents, our parents had us when they were, like, teens. Yeah. And so, like, from then on, they are just they were, like, um, focus on education. Um, you're going to get yeah. out of here. You're going to make mm -hmm. it, basically. And they were working, you know, working hard to make sure we had everything we need. We didn't have to worry about anything. Yeah. Just yeah. trying to get us, uh, make sure the lights are on, the food's on the table, so that we yeah. can uh, be, you know, more focused on school, our schoolwork. Yeah, because we didn't have much food, you know. Uh, that's kind yeah. of the area where it's, like, impoverished, uh, basically, we went yeah. to impoverished schools. Yeah. So we're pretty much um, didn't have many resources. We're just going by basically using what we have basically yeah so our parents were like uh focused on making having us um read and do math like before we really started school they're yeah. all like oh we're gonna um we're gonna do this um get you prepared for school so we're always reading books mm -hmm. doing something like doing school, something like, mm -hmm. like, to oh, elevate like yeah. <laughs> and they want to get us out of that area yeah they want to, to uh, continue <clears throat> moving up yeah. You know? so, yeah so yeah they're always focused on education like you're gonna get out of here you're gonna do something big i don't know what it is but you're gonna do it <laughs> they were like they're also like you're going to college you're going to make sure all my kids to go to college you know, yeah are y'all the first ones in the family to go yeah. to college yeah, yeah. so how does generation. that feel first gen so yeah. we're first in a family to go to college and we're first in an entire family to get a master's so yeah. the youngest in our family to get oh, a master's youngest. so where did y'all go um for your bachelor's what are your bachelor's degrees in communication sciences and disorders so it's the, the same degree yeah so y'all have stuck with each other the yeah. entire journey it's yeah. actually called communication sciences and oral health they change it when we're graduating so yeah that's what they call it because it's Speech pathology, um, hearing, yeah. no deaf education, and dentist, dental yeah. hygiene. So, and where'd y'all earn those degrees from? Texas Women's University in Ooh, Denton, Texas. Yeah, yeah. we Y'all <laughs> moved out. Mm, we did. And so, I'm curious, why LU? Why Lamar University? 
Okay, so we actually, um, we're looking up where we could, because um, you know, when you're looking for master's programs, you're looking up what schools, what are your options, what schools yeah. you want to go to. So you're not trying to put all your eggs in one basket. You're yeah. just trying to like, you, like what's best for me? Mm-hmm. Where, where can I fit? Where would I fit? Yeah. We were focused on diversity. Like that was our number one. Like we want a school that has yes. diversity because, you know. Like, we we were focused on that representation. We really yeah. wanted that. Yeah. Like, who could represent us while we're trying? Because when you're in a master's program, you're trying to, you, the, we're the resource. Like, you want to, um, you're trying to have, you want that representation to help you push you to, uh, mm-hmm. for, to pretty much encourage you to keep going. Yeah, like, okay, I exactly. see you doing this, so I can do this. Plus, yeah. we're in a field where that's only 3%, you know, like, African-Americans. Yeah. Uh, so, we, we don't want to something, you know. It's not that like we really, really needed, but like it was like a push of mo- motivation, inspiration yes. to help us to understand like it's a finish line for us too. Yes, it's an out, a fi- uh, outlet for us too. You know? So tell me about some of your mentors here at OU because I know um, we have Dr. Lakeitha Morris mm-hmm. right within mm-hmm. the department, who's also a part of that three mm-hmm. percent. Um, so how was it working with our professors here at OU? It was a great experience. They're really, you know, they're really talented professors. <laughs> really good. Hers was Dr. Morris. Mine, I work with um. Dr. Aziels, the Aziels. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I work with him with fluency, um, the fluency part, stuttering. Um, yeah. That's like my main, my area that I like, that I'm interested in. Yeah. He's really good on, you know, everything pretty much. Um, yeah. They make sure that you know exactly what you're doing before you leave here. Yes. And I was like, okay, this is the field for me, the um, school for me for yeah. this field. Because I want to make sure that I'm prepared before I leave here to do everything that I can for my patients and clients that I'm seeing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. With Dr. Um, Lakeitha, I work with Dr. Lakeitha Morris and uh, Dr. Monica Horn before she um, retired or mm-hmm. no, before she left. She didn't yes. retire. But yeah, it was good working with a professor who's African American in a field of research. Yeah. So that was interesting. Both of y'all did research. Yeah. We both yeah. Did research. So it was great working beside her, seeing how she does research. Because um, I did the assistantship research assistantship mm-hmm. and I did the um guided research project yeah, guided so research. it was good to see how the how that that process goes because I yeah. was always curious mm-hmm. about the PhD process <laughs> and we also <laughs> did research in our undergraduate uh, program too um what kind of research so we did deaf and hard of hearing we want to work in that area um, yeah social justice because uh, it was with the police mm-hmm. officers so the communication between police officers and deaf and hard of hearing individuals how they c- contact interact with each other yeah like if they get pulled over mm-hmm. we see that there's a barrier of communication there they can't hear mm-hmm. and they don't have a way to tell the mm-hmm. police officer that they can't hear or yeah. that they have a hearing impairment and so what the police officer sees um they see resistance they see yeah. um them not cooperating with them so they want to arrest them but they're what what the issue is, is that they can't you know hear they can't really they yeah. tell them that and they may want to pull out like a card or something or right something to exactly try to communicate that with yeah. so we want to shine a light on that yeah through research. your undergraduate, undergraduate research yeah. wow. and that came up um, about from a project we did in our audiology class because we all have to take that yeah even if you're speech you have to take audiology class so mm-hmm. we had to come up with like a, it was a white paper project mm-hmm. and um the idea came about when uh when I was doing a paper and well, it came about, I was thinking, cause when I was researching a paper for my English class about, uh, police brutality that mm-hmm. actually came up out of nowhere like yeah. oh this is this happens too with um definitely hard of hearing and yeah. um, um the police officers so i was like oh yeah we can also it just it was like a light bulb that came up when i was in my audiology class i'm like yeah we can do a white paper project over this with yeah. deaf hard of hearing with the uh, bare communication yeah we're also we have minors in sociology so we like to talk about like what's going on with people mm-hmm. why people do certain things yeah so that's why you know yeah so tell me about your research with um 
Dr. Lakeitha Morris. Yeah, so my research with Dr. Lakeitha Morris was it was with language uh, language disorders and preschool children mm-hmm. so pretty much it was about it's called successful stories so it was um yes. it was really cool so it, uh, it was talking about um reading early reading or helping ch- children develop early, um, reading skills before they get into preschool or yeah. start school or while they're in school yeah. but it was on the folks on a uh, preschool population um and then parents that's so right with parents how do parents read to their child or are they encouraged to read to their child, their children, or do they like? So we were um, my. I guess that my project came about when I was thinking like, okay, maybe these parents' beliefs might have an um, impact on children's beliefs about mm-hmm. reading because of parents' mm-hmm. beliefs about reading. If they're positive or like reading, it might impact yeah. and their child might have actually enjoy reading. Yeah. But if the parent doesn't enjoy reading, the child might not be enjoy reading either. Yeah, might not, not be inclined to. It, yeah, you know. Yeah, so that was really cool. I enjoyed doing that one. That was. That's what sparked my interest in doing um, further, doing research in um, language disorders with children and parents. Yeah. What about you, Tiara? So my research is with Dr. Michael Aziel. So there was two of them, Dr. Jamie Aziel. She does yeah. like aphasia. I did uh-huh. work with Dr. Michael Aziel. He does stuttering, yeah. um, stuttering clinic. Um, so what I was going to do with my research at first was um, I was going to research adults, well, children and adults, their experience as a person who stutters. Yeah. Um, and I was also going to research people who didn't know anything about stuttering. Yeah. Um, how did they? How did they react, or what did they know about stuttering at all? Yeah. What did they think of people who stutter? But Dr. Azels, he gave me another his research uh, project that I was going to work with him with. He did cinema therapy. Mm. So basically, what we were doing, what we were working on, um, their adult, the adults that we talked to who stutter, um, what we were going, we were showing them films yeah. of other people stuttering to see how they, you know, before. So they have their own experience. Yeah. You want to look at their own individual experience, experiences and see how those films affected yeah. their experiences. Because um, some of them never seen a person who stutter. They yes. always feel like they're the only one. And I always thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, they never knew that there was other people out there like them. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, we wanted to see how they reacted. So a lot of them found, um, what would you call it? Relatability. That was like our main yeah. theme. They all thought, found a that the films were relatable to their experiences. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting, too. Um, so they were able to, you know, go look at these films and understand that they are not the only ones. Yeah. Um, they can. They don't have to see the stutter, stutter as a hindrance. Like even though, if even if they did see it as a hindrance their whole life, it's not. A, they don't have to be a hindrance to them. It can be something that's a part of their lives, and they can educate their families, friends, and peers about stuttering, yeah. so they can also, you know. See that that this is a part of their identity and how to go about it. So I thought that was really interesting. Very exciting yeah. research topics. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to back up a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm curious what sparked y'all's passion, and then to have both of y'all be interested in speech language pathology. Mm-hmm. What sparked your passion in this field to begin with? I guess it started in high school. I was researching what exactly I wanted to study because mm-hmm. I was, it was getting to that point where okay, I'm about to start college soon. I got to find my major. What yeah. I want to study. What are my focus? My interests. Yeah. And so as I was researching that, um, I came across. I guess uh, when I was researching, I came across speech language pathology, and mm-hmm. so that reminded me that I actually had a speech therapist growing up. Really? No, when I was in elementary school, yeah, I had a speech therapist because I was quiet and like my words used to run together. <laughs> like I used to talk very fast, so I had a speech therapist. But then, like when I was there, when I get pulled out of class, I was always intrigued and ex- like excited to go to a speech therapy, and I actually liked. Um, I, I thought it was kind of like 
you know weird or always thought like this is this is cool to have a job like this like yeah. what, at that age I was mm-hmm. like oh this is pretty exciting yeah. I she gets we get to come here we get to do our therapy our activities like that one-on-one interaction and build that relationship and it was also group like working with other because we have group therapy you work Mm -hmm. with other um uh, classmates so when they were in group but it was fun like just learning and um we got to play we got stickers i don't like we just got to um focus on our activities basically but it was always cool to have a I thought it was cool that she had a job like that. Like, yeah. oh, I, I, I liked phonics. We did that. I'm like, oh, I think I might be able to do this when I get older. Like, it was just when I was at that age. I'm like, this is a pretty cool job to have. And so um, I remember that. And then, well, yeah, that sparked my interest. Then I researched it further. And I um, realized that speech language isn't really about sounds. <laughs> like, it's a yeah. very broad field. Like, you're... Um, working with uh, patients, you're not just working with children. You're also working with patients with um, in the geriatric population, yeah. um, helping them with swallowing. Like their mm. uh, some might have a stroke, so you help them to learn to speak again, and that's like very empowering to yeah. be able to, help them to do that. So I always thought that was pretty inspiring. Yeah. What about you, Tierra? Okay. So yeah, um, yeah, I was trying to find a major too. Um, I think I went to one of her sessions when I was younger. I think it was one of them. I think it was a group session. It yeah. Was, yeah, it was a fun. It didn't seem like work. Like, you know, schoolwork. Mm-hmm. You know, schoolwork, schoolwork. You got to, like, write, you know, read. Yeah. But when I went to, like, that session, it was. It seemed fun, more fun. Like, there were games. You got to yeah. I was like, how is she treating or teaching her through games or teaching yeah. us through games, you know? But that's what a speech therapist does. We try to make it more interactive. Yeah. Um, the session's more interactive so they can learn by also having fun. But with speech pathology, there's, like, so many different areas you can go into. Yeah. yeah they got fluency which is what I, uh, my main interest language swallowing feeding hearing uh, everything they have a it's very broad mm-hmm. i can only imagine how proud your grandmother and mm-hmm. your parents are um mm-hmm. what have they told y'all so far about everything that y'all are doing they're proud proud, <laughs> proud. proud. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. all we want to do is make them proud like mm-hmm. we want to be a, a inspiration for others we want to be a better example for others in our communities is not in our environment we'll never forget about where we came from yeah Um, we actually want to go back and like help you know all do all we can to help to bring up the children in the area yeah yeah be advocates for them um, in those schools um well we also want to Maybe one day do all, make our own private practice. Um, I could see mm-hmm. it. So do y'all ever, have y'all felt the pressure of being a part of the 3% and saying like, ooh, I can't mess up. It's a lot on these yeah, shoulders. Always. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Especially yes. now, like your fam, you know, family, friends. Everybody's aspect. aware of it now. Yeah, We're like, yeah, I read that article. Um, <laughs> it said you were part of that 3%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. But we always felt that even in um, when we're in our bat- undergrad, like we always felt that like, okay, 3%. So yeah. are you going to be a part of it? What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. So how are you going to accomplish that? It's always been pressure ever since. So mm-hmm. it might be tedious, but it's doable. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll It's tedious for a reason. So you can get to where you are, get yeah. to where you get to that finish line. But you'll make finish it. Line. Mm-hmm. Thank y'all again mm-hmm. for joining me on the LU Moment this week. Thank you for having us. This is Shelby Rodriguez, Public Affairs Manager here at LU, the pride of Southeast Texas.